welcome to Teach Languages Online, the podcast giving you the best advice for your online language teaching business. I'm Lindsay of Lindsay Does Languages and I'm your host for this show and this episode is a little bit of a fun one. So something I want to bring to the podcast, maybe on kind of like a monthly basis, we'll see how often it happens, is looking at things happening in the world and applying those lessons to our own online language teaching businesses. And so what better way to start that than with Taylor Swift, who right now is just unavoidably everywhere and rightfully so, lots of very interesting things going on. And so what we're going to do today is look at a few things that Taylor has done in recent years that we can use as lessons for our own online language teaching businesses because not only is she like a great singer musician all of that stuff part of her success is because she's a great businesswoman and so I want to pay homage to that side of Taylor today that doesn't always get the get the credit and um, yeah we're going to take a little look so I've got eight um, things yeah eight things that I want to delve into a little bit deeper and then with each of them we're going to talk about how you can apply these lessons to your own language teaching as well so you ready let's get started I should have said are you ready for it and done that but I I won't I won't Um, (laughs) all right so first up then Taylor's versions. So let's start with the big one. So when Taylor Swift announced that she'd be re-recording all of her first six albums to devalue her original masters that were sold to someone that she didn't want them to be sold to, it's fair to say that some people might have been a little bit skeptical of this, right? Surely that kind of magic of teenage girl love and fairy tale-esque dreams just couldn't be recaptured. But honestly, So far, this has proven a smart move. And I'm recording this kind of a week or two out from the third re-record being released, which will be Speak Now. So, so far, um, there's been Fearless, there's been Red. And not only does this give newer fans a chance to revisit old work, but it gives older fans a reminder of the nostalgia from those eras, right? And we can call them eras. We'll we'll get to eras (laughs) in a minute. Um, Plus... Not only that, but with each re-recording, she's adding something new. So there's new music, there's new videos, there's From the Vault songs. And again, we'll talk more about that in a minute too. So more than kind of a quick rehashing to devalue her masters, it's become possibly the smartest business move that she's ever made. But how on earth is this relevant if you teach languages online, right? Like you're probably thinking, okay, well, what does this have to do with me? consider the re-records a reminder that it is okay to launch something more than once, that it is okay to remake things that you have already shared and to update things that you have already shared. You know when you spend ages making a course, right, and you put everything into that launch and then nobody buys, right? It sucks, it sucks. Well, that doesn't have to be the end. That doesn't mean, okay, nobody wants this course. I'm just going to quietly retire it <laughs> in the bin. It goes all of that time and effort that you spent and, you know, you really poured your heart and soul into it. No, no, you can relaunch your old products and services. It's okay. It's allowed. And just like with Taylor's versions, you can give them a new look. You can give some new additions, perhaps a complete re-record. I'm thinking, obviously, if we're talking video courses here, but the key takeaway here is launch more than once. 
Some people might be new to your work and weren't around when you first launched that course five years ago. Kind of like the hipster dads that first started listening to folklore, right? (laughs) They now have a chance to um, revisit Taylor's older music with this more kind of acceptable eye. They're not just listening to quote unquote teenage girl music anymore. It's like someone it's like music from a respected artist who has now been renowned for that artistry with stuff like folklore and evermore and so the hipster dads can can come in and and listen to it with a with a uh, kind of critical eye and it be okay you know so proudly let people know about your work and update it as often as you need to that is our core lesson here with taylor's versions second while we're on the topic of re-records Let's talk vault songs. So from the vault, this is the second thing that I want to talk to you about. So with each re-recording so far, and I'm pretty sure this is going to go on for the whole batch of re-recordings, Taylor has included a number of additional from the vault songs. So these are songs that were originally scrapped from their respective albums, but have now emerged from the vault, as it were, to be part of the re-recordings. Some are award-winning, right? See all too well, 10 minute version, Taylor's version from the vault. I think that's the full title. And some are kind of, you know, a bit more forgettable, right? Like you can see why some of them maybe didn't make the cut, but all of them just create this new buzz of excitement for both new and old fans around the re-records. Really, really smart move. So how can we apply this ourselves? Well, there's two sides to this, maybe three. Firstly, You can see it as a reminder and permission as well to revive old ideas. So we talked with the last point about relaunching stuff, right? And updating stuff that already exists and is public and out in the world. But here I'm thinking more about things where, you know, you've you've probably got that list kind of lurking away in the digitally cobwebbed corner of your asana, right? The list of ideas that you are 100% definitely going to execute but they never really saw the light of day have a little read through them maybe there's a golden nugget in there waiting to be lifted from the vault and maybe now is the time you know the reason it hasn't existed until now is because it wasn't quite the right time you were working on other things it didn't quite fit and maybe when you look back at that you'll find that little spark of inspiration that you've been looking for so that is the first point here secondly Part of the excitement around the From the Vault tracks is the featured artists. Now, I wasn't really paying attention to Taylor Swift when she released Speak Now the first time around, right? That kind of era of time, I was paying attention to Paramore and to Fall Out Boy. So seeing their names on the From the Vault track list has me really curious. And I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to be like, woo, Fall Out Boy. Yes, Paramore. Amazing. So... Take this as a reminder and a question to yourself of who can you collaborate with that will resonate with your audience? And finally, the From the Vault tracks are a really great reminder that bonuses are a wonderful incentive to encourage people to work with you. Whether that's a limited time bonus with a launch or a regularly available bonus in addition to your service, we all have a little extra treat. And the From the Vault tracks are that extra treat, right? So if you're an original fan and, you know, you bought Speak Now or Fearless or Red or whatever the first time around, the reason that you would buy again now is partly to support Taylor with this venture of 
you know, devaluing the masters and all of that. So there's that element to it. But also just to make it that little bit sweeter, you get the From the Vault tracks. You get something new that you can't get anywhere else that you don't hear on your original CD, you know, or your original vinyl or mini disc or whatever, <laughs> whatever the, the format is, you see. So, so that is also something really worth remembering as well here. Another little lesson we can learn from this. Third up, we're going to go back in time a little bit now to 2020. I want to talk about folklore and evermore. So most of us spent 2020 kind of hunkered down, as the phrase went, watching Tiger King, baking sourdough, but not Taylor Swift. She made two full-length albums that were a noticeable step away from her previous music that garnered much critical acclaim and a whole new wave of fans. Here's where the hipster dads come in. So how can we apply this to ourselves? Well, this is a great lesson in trusting your instinct and breaking away from the expectations that, to be honest, we're often the ones to set for ourselves. Even to go back a bit further, if you think about Taylor Swift, how she had this kind of two-year album cycle, and then with Reputation, she broke that because that was this weird time for her in 2016, all the Kanye stuff and the Kardashian whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that, you know, 2016 would have been that two-year time period from 1989 from the previous album but it didn't happen and so reputation came out in 2017 it broke that pattern already and then 2019 you get lover so it then sort of falls back into pattern but then 2020 happens pandemic boom all of a sudden without any marketing any promotion she releases folklore and then later releases evermore and those expectation that two-year album cycle really she'd set that for herself so breaking away from that proved to be one of the smartest moves for her. And it's, a, it's you know, again, reminder and permission that you can do the same too. So sometimes when you have an idea that you feel is just, you feel it's going to work, even if it's a step in a new direction or it doesn't fit with your previous products or services, if it's something you're really excited about and you want to give it a go, it can be worth the risk. So always worth bearing that in mind. Next up, multiple midnights. So, when Taylor Swift released her album Midnights, there were four vinyls available initially, <laughs> right? Each version was a different color. Together, the backs of the vinyl sleeves made a clock face, and then you could buy a clock to go in the middle, so you had this clock of vinyl, right? Then, there was also the Target exclusive version with an extra track. And then a bit later on, there was a version sold exclusively at a couple of shows with a new song not available anywhere else. And then that same day, there was another version that included that previously exclusive target track and some extra covers. And I mean, at that point, there were like tables being drawn up of which versions included which tracks. And it was all a lot. There were too many versions to keep track of. So why am I telling you this? This So far, you think this kind of sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, this one, I don't really recommend. So four vinyls for collectors. Yeah, people could just about deal with that. Although, of course, naturally, some still moaned. There's always going to be some, right? But eventually, I think people got a bit tired, right? So take this as a lesson in not confusing or overwhelming your audience. People will get bored. They'll get fed up. So what can we do instead? Keep things simple. And that's not to say that you can't have choice. 
So for example, offering different tiers that include different things can be a really great way to show customers what they get, but too much choice can lead to decision fatigue. And then that decision fatigue, well, that means people are more likely to opt out completely. So sure, right? Have options including payment plans or premium tiers or bonuses. But if you can't explain it clearly yourself, then it's likely too complicated for your customers to understand too. So as you are creating your sort of product suite or your service packages or your pricing plans or your options to join something, your different tiers of joining, try and explain it to someone, right? Without looking, (laughs) without looking at the screen, explain it to someone out loud, even if it's just like, you know, your dog and you're just sort of speaking it. So you've got that chance to say it aloud. And if you find yourself kind of stuttering or backtracking or forgetting the different options or forgetting the different pricing, then it's too complicated, right? But if you're able to explain that fully and clearly yourself, then you're probably okay. So this is a lesson in just trying to avoid that decision fatigue to ensure that customers feel, yes, they know what they're getting and they know that they're getting the best deal for them. Okay, next up, I want to talk a little bit about Snow on the Beach featuring more Lana Del Rey. So people were really excited when the track list for Midnight's revealed a Lana Del Rey feature, right? However, when the song was released, they didn't stay quiet when the, shall we say, the subtlety of Lana's feature wasn't quite as much as they'd hoped for. So a few months down the line, alongside that previously exclusive to the target version track and an Ice Spice feature on Karma, Taylor also included a new version of Snow on the Beach on the Till the Dawn version of Midnight's. I think I've got the ver- <laughs> I think I've got the version right. But this one featured more Lana Del Rey, giving Lana a whole verse and altering production slightly. So what is the lesson here? Well, this is a great example of listening to your clients. When people are clearly asking for something, if it's something you can deliver that also benefits you, then why not? Knowing that there is an audience that is interested in how to learn French verbs, aka snow on the beach with more Lana Del Rey, means it will be easier to promote that new French verb course. Much easier, in fact, if it you know you're trying to explain to people why they really what they really need is your course on prepositions. And that's not to say that you shouldn't make the preposition course. We'll call it Karma featuring Ice Spice, but just be aware that it might need more positive promo to pique people's interest a little bit. So this is really a lesson in listening and paying attention and seeing what people are saying and what people want and seeing if that is something that you can deliver. What this doesn't mean is always pandering to that and always, oh, one person said that they want a course on French verbs, therefore I'm going to make an entire course on French verbs. No, that's not what it means. But it does mean that if you're hearing the same messages a lot, if you're hearing the same questions and comments and feedback a lot, then perhaps that's something that's worth doing something about. Next up, the demand for the ERAS tour. So I'm hoping that I'll get lucky and be able to attend the Eros tour, ideally in London, especially seeing as the current last date of the whole tour will be my birthday. I mean, like, come on, Ticketmaster, be my friend. 
you let me down for Eurovision. <laughs> Just give me the Eras tour and we can be friends again. However, the truth is that most people that want to see the Eras tour won't be able to see the Eras tour. The demand is just too high. And that demand has stemmed from lots of things we've already talked about, but really from everything that Taylor's done in her career so far. But it's especially due to the fact that there's four albums of hers and two, very nearly three, with Speak Now on the way, re-records since her last tour. Thanks, COVID. And so the quantity of shows on her tour schedule already is wild and there's just more dates continually being added there's six consecutive nights of three hour plus shows in los angeles that is like the ultimate test of stamina it's just mind mind blowing so how can we apply this this thing this knowledge to our own marketing for our own online language teaching Well, there's not much more that Taylor could do to meet the demand at this stage, genuinely. How can you do six more nights? You can't do 12 consecutive nights, you know? There's always going to be someone who doesn't get to see this tour. And so the lesson here really is to think about what you can do in your business to enable you to meet growing demand as much as possible, not necessarily to era store level i'm not <laughs> i'm not claiming that there will be you know that many people um wanting to learn a language of course not but there are things that we can do so that we're ready for our business to grow and for demand to grow and we have the things in place that mean we're prepared for that growth so a lot of that will come from automation there may be some diversification of offers Some of it might come from one-off freelance hires and some might even come from taking on a full or part-time employee as well. So whatever stage you're at in your business, it's a good idea to future-proof things as much as possible. So sure, you can accept one more student this month for one-on-one lessons, but does that mean that that's it? Is that your ceiling reached? Because actually you can't physically add in another hour of of one-on-one lessons. Do you know what I mean? So how can you alter things to ensure that you are providing something that reaches as many people as possible? And to go back to Taylor Swift, I'm like 90% sure that in her case, there's going to be like a Netflix or a Disney Plus um, recording, you know, of the tour. There has to be. There's probably going to be a documentary of this whole like just busy, busy phase Again, on Netflix, Disney Plus, whatever. There, there, there has to be, right? You don't do something this huge <laughs> and just and then it ends, right? There's going to be something to round it all off at the end. And that is the thing that everyone, more or less, will then have the chance to see whether they got to go to the Eros tour or not, you know? So anyway, coming back to us, take an afternoon in terms of automation, right? We'll start there. Take an afternoon to experiment with Zapier, Airtable automations, if this, then that, all of those sorts of tools to see what automations you can put in place for your business. Chances are as well, there's also ways to diversify what you offer to reach more clients without taking on more one-on-one students than you can handle. So that could be anything that is a kind of one-to-many model. It could be considering different options for asynchronous support. So it's not directly 
one hour, one student, you know. So there's all these alternative ways that you can still be reaching your clients and um, and helping people in in even more effective ways, I would argue. And when it comes to bringing on an extra pair of hands, there are plenty of freelance options if an employee isn't an option for you um, that's, that's right right now. And, you know, it's also worth noting on this point that the sheer demand for the era's tour is a really great example of how trust builds up over long periods of time. So think of that as a reminder to show up and give your best to clients to continue building that trust. Okay then, next up, Easter eggs. Taylor Swift is notorious for leaving little Easter eggs for her fans to find. So in her music videos, her Instagram captions, her pre-show set lists, that is a tongue twister, they could be everywhere. And this leads fans down a bit of a rabbit hole of swift law so oh her nails were purple that means that speak now is next because speak now is the purple album oh there's a golden thread in the willow music video that is a nod to the song invisible string ah the number of holes in the fence add up to five and that means well i mean i'm still not really sure what that one means but whether they are intentional or contrived by eager fans They really keep people on their toes and they keep people keen for more and they just keep people in that space. It's really, really smart. So how can we apply this to ourselves? Now, obviously, I'm not saying (laughs) that you have to um, create this whole law and like, um, when I say law, I mean L-O-R-E, right? This law and these like color coding and numerology things. No, not really. But the Easter eggs are another great example of trust building and even further than that, community building too. So even if there's people in your audience who never buy from you, that is completely fine and valid and allowed. If they feel they're part of something, then they're more likely to stick around, support you, recommend you, and maybe down the line, even buy from you years and years and years down the line. And that doesn't mean that you have to start hiding cryptic clues across your website, but just consider how you can incorporate nods of appreciation to those who stick around. I would say the simplest way to do this is with a loyalty card or reward system of some kind. So I'll give you an example here, right? Costa Coffee, if if you don't have Costa Coffee in your country, it's basically a very generic coffee shop chain, right? Costa Coffee doesn't offer me the best drinks for my taste as someone who, who doesn't drink coffee, doesn't like milk, milky drinks. I like the other milks. They don't give me the best options, but when they add little rewards to my app, like secret drinks or food discounts, I'm more likely to go to Costa Coffee than I am to Starbucks. I'm more likely to then be gradually building that loyalty because it feels like a bit of an inner circle, right? They did this recently. There was like a month where you could get this popcorn frappe drink um, if you had the app. But shush, it said, whisper to your barista because it's not available on the general menu. So you felt part of something, again, with the community building, right? So For us, for online language teachers, this could be a student-only private community. This could be a flash sale exclusive to your email list. It could be a voucher or a discount or a coupon of some kind for, let's say, every 10 lessons purchased. 
And that's just three options. There's plenty of choice here for how you can reward and give a nod of appreciation for that loyalty. Okay then, finally, the surprise songs. So to keep the interest of fans who aren't in attendance each night of the tour, which is most fans, as we've said, the demand is so, so high. Every night of the era's tour, Taylor is playing two surprise songs each show. So there's one on guitar, there's one on piano, and she's set herself some self-imposed rules that she shared. And each night, regardless of how many live streams that audience has watched of previous night shows, they get something that's just theirs, that feels really special to them, right? Because they're the only audience that are going to hear that combination of songs live in that way. What does this mean for us? Well, this is a great example of how to keep people engaged and paying attention over a long time span. So chances are, right, that your launches won't last as long as the era's tour. <laughs> like it's going to be over a year. Just wow. Um, but adding a last minute surprise bonus is a good equivalent of surprise songs. So the surprise song should also act as a reminder to Leave some room for fun in our business. If your social media schedule is fully packed to the brim with no wiggle room, what do you do when you get some amazing promo that you want to share right away because it's timely with your audience? I'd recommend setting maybe at least like one blank day a week for your social media. And if your content is weekly, maybe even like one week a month, that's kind of a bit loose. And you've got room there for things to be confirmed or open to change. And if, if that makes you feel nervous, I understand. You can definitely have some backup ideas ready, drafted, but just remember to leave some room for your own surprise songs, for your own bit of fun. All right, so that is everything that I had to share with you, the lessons that we as online language teachers can learn from Taylor Swift. I have a plan in mind for the next um, this next type of episode and as I've said more episodes coming soon as well so do subscribe and follow and rate and review tell a friend all of the things that will help more people to find the podcast is very much appreciated and yeah if you've enjoyed this if you have something you want to talk to me about in regards to this episode do feel free to reach out you can email me lindsay at doeslanguages.com and I will get back to you as soon as I can and other than that, oh, one more thing, if you haven't already, if you are at the start of your online language teaching journey, you definitely, definitely, definitely want my free three months to online teacher checklist. This is a checklist that last year I, it's, it's been around for years and every now and then I'll go in and update it. And last year I did a huge update, moved it all across to Notion. So it's really easy to access for you now. And yeah, if you're at the beginning and you're feeling kind of overwhelmed and not sure where to start, this is the one to check out. So you can get that. Um, the link is in the description below. And yeah, I'm looking forward to speaking with you very soon. I'll be back for the next episode next week. And yeah, until then, have a wonderful week and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.